it's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, 5-Hour Energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. It's time to go back to work. There's a lot to do. We have things to make, stuff to build, cargo to ship, customers to serve. So grab a five-hour energy and get ready. For 16 years, through good times and bad, five-hour energy has been there helping hard-working people get stuff done. It's time to go back to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and get going. For more information and to order online, visit 5hourenergy.com. And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and David. Dave Stevens, David Sterling. I'm Tony Pervenanzi. We're coming today from Sterling's Bar in uh, beautiful Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Uh, this, of course, is kind of the second half of our podcast from Tuesday night uh, that we, Tuesday afternoon, I should say, where we were in Atlanta before the game. Um, so we thought it'd be a good idea to have kind of another short podcast after that game. And of course, we had a big game last night against LAFC. So we wanted to get into that. We are back to drinking Minnesota beers. Well, actually, David, not. you're not. You're close enough, though. It's not Georgia beers anymore, Atlanta That's beers. They're Minnesota beers. Uh, Dave and I split the Key Lime Ghosts from uh, Dangerous Man Brewing Company. And uh, I, I like this stuff. I do, yeah. I think this is the first time I've tried the actual Key Lime Ghost. I've definitely had Dangerous Man beers before. I've been Mm -hmm. to Dangerous Man. I love the spot. I know it's a spot we were talking about getting to. We'll Mm -hmm. see if that happens yet. But yeah, this for the first time trying this beer, I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. David, you got uh, some New Glarus? Yeah, I uh, decided to uh, partake in some Wisconsin beer that we can't get here in Minnesota. I know I I picked some of that up when uh, we came back from Madison. Now, is that their... Spotted cow, or is that something else? No, so this like? is stone soup. It's a, it's a log. I mean, it's a lo- pretty standard lager. It's uh, I think it's got a little bit of a uh, little bit of must be some bacterial stuff going on because sure. there's a, maybe a little bit of a sourness to it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely kind of a saison type. Yeah, you know, farmhouse. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we. Let's talk a little bit about um, the Atlanta game, guys, because three of us were there. We got there. Um, the atmosphere there, I, I will say this, I was impressed by the Atlanta fans. Um, I saw a lot of stuff online about Atlanta fans and United fans kind of being very nice to each other. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, and I don't know if some of this so-called hatred that maybe I perceived hatred yeah that maybe it was kind of built up by maybe that's more of a 
you know, Minnesota problem that we built it up. It's, yeah. It could be built based off of envy maybe, but there was mm-hmm. so, it seems like there's a little bit of hostility, you know, in between the fan bases, or at least that's what I perceive. But yeah. that, that was not the case on the ground. No, Atlanta. it was, uh, I heard a lot of nice things from uh, people who met up. They had, I think they had a tailgate before the game. They did, um, yeah. and was a, they had a really good time there. Um, the nice thing, of course, was we were on opposite ends of the stadium, so there wasn't any kind of issues with us, you know, being right. nasty to each other during the game. Um, I don't think that would have happened, anyways. Uh, the stadium down there reminds me a lot of U.S. Bank Stadium. It does. Yeah. I mean, that's the same. It's a football stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful Brand stadium. New, it just is a couple it years is. old. Um, so and speaking yeah and speaking of the stadium so we should mention there was I know there were numbers floated out there before the game but I think as all said and done there was they there was over 30,000 people in attendance mm-hmm. I don't think it got to 40 I think completely if the lower and second 200 level was completely full I think the capacity is about 42 yeah, it didn't like so it didn't quite get to its so sold out lower bowl capacity mm-hmm. but bottom line there's 30,000 people uh, that was the most ever to witness a U.S. Open Cup final. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to the Uni- Minnesota United supporters and fans that made the trip because the numbers were, well, between four and 500. Well, uh, I think estimated. The, the section was 450 plus. And that doesn't yeah. count. And that, yeah, this is a random count whoever people was that, out. Yeah. yeah. So I'll go with a, close to 500 on that. Yeah, I think it probably um, was. And it was, uh, it was amazing to see all of us down there uh, cheering on this team. Uh, of course, the game starts, boys. And, it starts. Uh, we, uh, we, it was flat. It was flat. It, it, it was. was what you expect from Minnesota United. On the road. On the road. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you know, I, I just... the the As the half progressed, it didn't get any better. No. Uh, but, you know, there just wasn't any creativity. And I'm not even going to say it was... It wasn't because Atlanta was significantly better. No, I don't. It was think just they we did not. We didn't look play. No, it, no, there just was no activity in the midfield. Mm-hmm. In fact, the midfield was basically non-existent, which made the the forwards and the entire attack non-existent. It yep. was just kind of the. I mean, to be fair, if we're talking about the first half in general before we get into the details, I, I feel like I mean there was some there was certainly some half chances. I mean, maybe some full on chances. I know Boxall yeah. and Opara had some header mm-hmm. opportunities um, that unfortunately went high or wide. Um, they probably should have done better with those. But um, yeah, I, I, as a whole, you're right. But I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that it was completely lacking. It was an actually, especially. The second half of the first half, and as we moved on, it it was an entertaining game. It kind of opened up. It yes, it was flat, but it wasn't a boring game. No. It was kind of a wide open game. I thought. Yeah, there, there was, was a lot of back and forth. Um, yeah, you know, I think that had a lot to do with, uh, really Atlanta's Atlanta's midfield wasn't. I don't think up to what it usually is either. Yeah, and so um, it was a lot. Of, there was a lot of giveaway. Um, and we were able to at least uh, attempt to move the ball forward. But, it, again, it just wasn't, to me, it wasn't like we were doing anything. No. It was the fact that, honestly, I don't think Atlanta was playing yeah. to the to the level of which they could have played either. And 
my point was coming into this game, we need to go in early in this game and kind of put the gas on, get some early chances, maybe score a goal. And we'll get yeah. into this when we talk about last night's game because exactly. we did exactly that. And yep. that changed the whole game within the first you know 25 minutes. Um, Agreed. In Atlanta, that's what should have happened, and it didn't happen. And yep. so in that first half, we were kind of flat, and we weren't doing things properly, weren't getting passes out, all that type of stuff. I knew this game really was not in the cards for us, um, especially after the first goal by Atlanta. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, maybe it, by that point, especially, I mean, again, I'm going to say that the game was entertaining. Uh, there were some big saves. There was chances for both teams. But yes, in the first 15 minutes of the game, you know, maybe Atlanta did deserve to score because Minnesota came out flat-footed. They didn't mm-hmm. look best. But to be fair, that first goal. It was actually credited as an own goal to Gasper, yeah, yep. and I don't know. I'm gonna. It's you can call it a couple different things. I'm gonna call it a bit of a fluky goal. It was. It's not a goal that you expect to be scored in that particular fashion. Um, I, unlucky, fluky, whatever you want to call it. Gasper had it deflected off his foot. It was clearly an own goal. I don't. There's no arguing that. Maybe you could say that Manone could have done better with that. I know. Um, Twelman was certainly criti- critical of that after I went back and watched the game uh, just yesterday, actually. But um, he was a bit critical of Manone. And, and maybe Manone would have said he could have done better, but, boy, it was a tough one. It was in the worst of spots possible. Right. And, yeah. you like I said, nobody was expecting that ball to come up like it did. Well, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So, but bottom line, 11 minutes into the game, you're already yeah. down on the road. Right, and that was, you know, it was pretty reminiscent of just what we're used to from previous yeah. seasons. So it, you know, it uh, was a little bit terrifying. <laughs> and maybe we jinxed Gasper because we talked to his aunt and uncle before the game. Right, yeah. That's you know, right, we, we did. We yeah. talked to his aunt and uncle before the game for a while. Maybe we jinxed them a little bit. I don't know. But, you know, we were honest with them mm-hmm. about how, you know, we've we've held him, held his feet to the fire about his defending and yep, his yep. decision-making. Um, so it's not like we were like pumping him up. No, we weren't to really jinx him. Maybe he just decided to live up to our criticism. <laughs> we did. We, you know, it's funny. We talked to him. We didn't go in there as like big fans of Chase Gasper. I think we went in there with like we like what he's been doing, you know. But he's got he's been a little bit right. aggressive. Yeah. His aunt and uncle actually agreed with us on that. Yeah, like, and, and yeah. you know, and he is as we as we, going into that game actually not that. It was the Open Cup final. It doesn't account for that. But, I mean, he finally, his his aggressiveness has caught up to him. He was at, you know, one more yellow card, at least going into LAFC. Yeah. And he was due to be suspended. <laughs> so we can talk about that later, too. But, uh, yeah, I, and I, the only thing I will say is I, I called it unlucky a couple times. But I think leading up to that first goal, again, Atlanta had pressure. I think it was a matter. Was it Boxel and Gasper that kind of got crossed up on that one? Mm-hmm. They didn't. They they let him get in. They let him run into some space. I think Gasper obviously recovered. He did. you know well enough to unfortunately have his foot deflect yeah. the ball into his own goal. So I mean, if if anyone cares, uh, we had our first shot. First shot mm-hmm. came. In the twelfth minute, oh. I mean, our first shot came yeah. in the twelfth minute. Yeah, um, we didn't have another one until the nineteenth. Yeah, and did you say the twelfth minute? Yeah, yeah, and I think that that there was a bit of run of there was like I was saying there and were some chances. Yeah, and there were yeah. some chances 
uh, that Minnesota had early on, even after that first goal. So it wasn't like we were completely void of, of opportunities. And yep. that game, you know, still the game was kind of even at that point wide open and enter- but entertaining. When you go down a goal on the road, it becomes gut check time for the road team. I mean, we're talking about soccer here. Uh, when you're down one goal on the road, that might as well be two goals on the road or three goals on the road. Right. I mean, it's, it it becomes very. You got to start making some plays here. Yeah, and when you're talking about a team like Atlanta, mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is be the second team to score a goal. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, the fact that we we went down that fast, I'm just going to say it's not surprising that they went up to nil yeah. within, what was that, 10 it, well, minutes? It, yeah. In a span of six minutes, basically, because mm-hmm. it was in the, just in the 16th minute that... Um, that uh, Gonzalo, Martin- Gonzalo Martinez scored. Yeah. And um, he got the assist off Moram, and I think that was probably the problem on that particular goal, having gone back and watched it again, watched the replay several times. It was just, it was a matter of, you know, again, there was significant pressure on the back line, but it was a case of kind of met near um, allowing way too much space. And, I mean, he was within... 8 20 to 18 yards. He was right. right on the corner, yeah. right in the corner of the box. And Metnir just gave him way too much space, and he was able to just cross a beautiful cross in, but it's something that, you know, the the talent on Atlanta, the, their team is not going to miss an opportunity. Well, you know, like and that. it's something that's interesting, uh, and we don't usually get into the stats like this too much, but uh, MLS.com has their chalkboard, which is fantastic because, so. That goal was the first Atlanta shot on target. Yeah. It was the first Atlanta shot. Wow. Um, and then they had three more shots on goal that half, um, which to me it's just one of those things that we had no shots on goal no. the entire first half. Mm-hmm. Lots of off target. And it's, it's one of those things where you have to say efficiency-wise – we we need to do better in that because yeah, I mean yeah. we could we've talked about this a lot where we've got you know six shots on goal in a game and we come out with one goal yeah. or no goals and that's been I don't know it's like what do we do in training I don't know but <laughs> it's I, it's bizarre but again if you come out flat like we did what do you expect and right. the fact that Atlanta we got an own goal. And Atlanta scored one more goal. So let's just say that really Atlanta only accounted for one goal there. Okay. And we came out that flat. The game was still, I mean, ours if we really wanted it. I just have to laugh. So I I was, no wonder I kind of stumbled on Gonzalo Gonzalo Martinez because I was like, who the hell is that? Pity Martinez, of course. Pity. The Argentine from. Yes. Yes. No wonder that sounded weird to me. Yeah. So after we went down 2 0, um, myself, uh, I was. My dauber was down at that point. Yeah, you you disappeared. I went out in the concourse. Was, there was actually there was a there was a spot right by where we sat where they had some bar seating up there, kind oh, of yeah, open that, area. Yeah. And I just went up there and sulked uh-huh. and talked to some Atlanta fans, and and that was that because I at that point I was so like disappointed in the whole first half right. that I couldn't sit there and cheer with the fans anymore. I right. was just like, I, I can't it, do this. It, def- it definitely hurt. I mean, yeah. down to nothing so early on the road, it almost felt over. And I mean, 
that's why I credit credit Minnesota United the rest of the game actually mm-hmm. keep keeping themselves in the game mentally and I mean they managed to control a lot of the game going forward. They but did, yeah. What just from a fan's perspective, it was so tough to take. And I think maybe not enough to put you to sleep or anything, but it no, was, it didn't put me to sleep. It's one of those situations where I just I couldn't. You know, you put all this effort into getting there. You know, yep. we watched them. We went. We were at the game at right. Allianz Field. We were so excited. Um, and then we get there, and we have to travel down there. And David, you have to drive down there. And me and Dave take flights, and I got connecting flights. And it's like this whole big thing. And then to see your team going on two nil in the first half, it's just like you feel like right. you wasted just like this whole trip. You know? Yeah. You know. And I, I decided to pick up one of the True North Elite flags. Yeah. And I, I was, I was waving that in the first half until the second goal. <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden I was like, yeah, maybe maybe the the supporter culture isn't quite right for me because I immediately set it down. I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm not interested. Yeah. I set it down and I think I was leaning on it like mm-hmm. with my chin on the flag, yeah. top of the flag. And I was just like, I, I I can't do it. And the thing is, is no one else wanted to take it either. I no. don't think anyone took it until almost the very end of the half. Yeah, and I, again, it is, it gets disappointing. You know, it's yeah. very disappointing. Uh, so we come out of the gates in the second half, um, and then we kind of, like you said, Dave, we kind of picked up play. Well, we did. We started it, to do some things. It, and, I mean, it didn't hurt that. I mean, it was just over a minute. I think it was 65, 70 seconds into the half. Um, yeah. Robin Lude scores, scores, it. Yep. scores a goal and cuts the deficit in half. So just like that, a minute out of the break. Yeah. And now it's a one-goal game again. Mm-hmm. With already the momentum kind of started to feel like it was coming back to Minnesota. Yes. They were starting to control the game, like I mentioned. So, I mean, that got me right back in. I think at that point, the flag was started to wave. You know, the flag was waving again, and so to speak. I mean, the whole section, the whole supporters group was back into it, for yeah. full swing. So let me say this much: when I was out in the concourse and that goal came up, that Lude scored, I was, some Atlanta fans were over there, and they basically told me they're like well you guys have a chance now because this atlanta team this year is not the same as last year the previous years this is a different team and we haven't kind of been we've kind of started to come up we had a bad beginning of the season but we've started to come up but you guys got a chance now and i said uh well it's the road man i i I, still my dauber was down but these people in atlanta were like you guys you guys have a chance they were very nice they're very nice people in atlanta there um so i think that's when i kind of Got back into the game a little bit and started to kind of be more, you know. I think I, I think I came back to the seats after the lewd thing. I'm trying to think about. I think I did. I feel like you did. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So then the rest of the game was pretty much as back and forth. I think kind of a. I mean, it, it uh, was. It was. The thing it, is, is it was. I said it before. I, I called it an entertaining game. It was mm-hmm. wide open. There were some big saves in both ends. Yep. Um, chances, shots. Entertaining, and then you know it even got a little bit more entertaining. You know, very quickly in the span of three minutes, like in the I think just after the seventieth minute, Perez got a yellow card, and then just a few minutes later, he got his second yellow card. And they were both the first one was just a reckless yellow card that he really had no business. And then the second one, he got all bent out of shape and was complaining about it, but it was a clear foul. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. for his second yellow in the span of three minutes, and so now. There he is. There is a chance. Atlanta's down to 10 men in the 74th minute. And from that point on, it was Minnesota was really pushing, Mm -hmm. really pushing. And, you know, the the nice thing 
is about that is it gave us an opportunity, you know, where maybe maybe we were probably running a lot of gas a little bit. Yeah, we were. Um, without back and forth it was. The the negative about it was that the the passing never broke the eighteen yard box. Yeah. I mean I, I'm looking at our completed passes, successful passes in the second half. We had I mean we had several successful um uh, we had several key passes which were uh three of them were corners. Um but overall the passing it was it was like it hit a brick wall at the eighteen yard box. Yep. And it I think that's why the stats show even possession. Mm-hmm. Because we just kind of we did a lot of probing and never never got actually in. got in there. Yep. Um, and especially when you look at Atlanta's passing, um, they have dozens of passes that are inside the box. Um, I mean, it's now their passing was much less everywhere else, mm-hmm. but the amount of passing that's in that final third, yeah was significant um and it made it for a very exciting game i mean because we were even though we were probably on the front foot in terms of possession in the second half atlanta had a lot of opportunities yeah um but you know it's it's is what it is it is Uh, what it is we end up losing the game two to one i want to say congratulations to atlanta they played a great game um, and like again, like I said before, the fans down there were fantastic. They were. Um, I I really don't like the stadium atmosphere. I told John over well, um, it's the whole over Facebook message. I'm like, it's super super plastic. Yeah, it is because it's, it's a football very stadium. Manufactured. It's, a football stadium. it's very yeah. football. It's very. It is. There's a lot of noise. Yeah, and I'm like, this isn't fan noise. It's generated. It's noise. generated noise. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a football stadium. Is what it yeah. is. I mean, I always kind of kind of joked about that. Mm-hmm. But now having experienced it, it's like, yeah. yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. But so it's yeah. a nice stadium. And, of course, so excruciating at the very end, added time. Uh, Minnesota had a very, very they key, key opportunity and, unfortunately, just went over the bar. I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But. Yeah. It comes down to what a lot of games come down to, yeah. missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, so, again, we lose. We all have to travel out the next day. Right. We all took different routes once again. Yep. Uh, David, you took off early the next morning for your trek back to Minnesota. I did. That was a long trek. And you uh, stopped at many places. He has a whole lineup of whiskeys that he purchased yeah. throughout his trip. I don't, I don't have a place to put them. <laughs> He's got no, he doesn't, really. His whole top of his bar is like full of booze. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, you stopped at so many places, and you were texting us, and putting stuff on Facebook, and uh, was there one in particular that you were really excited to see? Well, uh, I mean, my favorite distillery has always been Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. um, so that was that was pretty cool to see. It was interesting, um, and yeah. sorry to cut in, but I, I just, two days ago, I think I ran into kind of like a bucket list of distilleries that you should visit, and it was funny, because the, the pitcher, the headline pitcher was a pitcher that I'm sure I saw from you. In one of your photos that oh, you had really? taken, it must have been. It could have been Buffalo Trace or some of one of the yeah, other two uh, that I went to. I mean, I think 
I was looking forward to Buffalo Trace. I did a different tour there. They had like six different tours, and mm-hmm. I did one that was kind of different. It was about the expansion. Sure, sure. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, they took us to this place where they ended up finding a 300-year-old distillery. Cool. Underneath ground. Oh. They were excavating to build a restaurant, and they couldn't mm. anymore. Mm. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but the, I think my favorite tour was was probably Woodford Reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, that distillery's been operating uh, almost continuously since 1812. Wow. And there's buildings on that property that are that old. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a really good time. Uh, I went to smoke went through the Smoky Mountains, uh, hiked up to sixty six hundred feet. Ooh. In jeans. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't planning on doing that. Yeah. Uh. And I was like, oh, I could turn here and I can go to the highest point in the park. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So I turn, I drive the twenty minutes up. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, it's you don't drive to that part. No, yeah. You have to get out and walk. And I was yeah. like, all right, I can do that. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing that says how long it is. Yeah. And I get to it on just like half a mile. I'm like, all right, half a mile's not bad. Not bad, yeah. And then all of a sudden I look, and it's it's basically, if I had to guess, I'm betting it's a 9% grade. Holy shit. For half a mile. Oh. And I think they said it was something like 800 feet and half a mile. Damn. Which is an outrageous amount of elevation to climb in half a yeah. mile. And uh, it was it was excruciating. I, I was bet. wearing I was wearing leather boots, ooh, jeans, ooh. Yeah, it was not the appropriate attire to. Were other hikers on out there saying, "What the hell are you doing?" No, actually, uh, there I may have gotten some looks that I didn't really notice. <laughs> but, uh, it was a good time. I mean, it was. I like the mountains. Haven't seen the mountains in a couple of years. Sure, well, obviously Colorado mountains in a couple of years. Sure, uh, but. You know, being up that high and you can see, I think they said on a clear day, you can see the ocean. Wow. And then you can see like eight stages. Cool. But um, I didn't see the ocean. I didn't look actually um, for it. But it was, it was a long trip. It was a fun trip. Yeah. Um, It's been a bucket list to go to distilleries, bourbon distilleries in Kentucky. So that was a cool thing to check off. It worked out for you. Yeah. But you had some flight. I had, oh yeah, it's like I talked about uh, before on our last podcast. I had, you know, we we I was, we had split at the airport. We we had flights that were within an hour yeah, of each hour other, so, so we yeah, we, yeah. we took Marta to the airport. Which that, the we, Marta almost broke down. Remember on the way? I thought it might have. We twice, were we were we were on the Marta, and all of a sudden it's just like, and it didn't sound good. And I yeah, could I tell like, from the looks of the other passengers that, like, that it wasn't oh, just us who had only yeah, been yeah, on Marta yeah. a handful of times in our lives. But yeah, it, yeah, that was smooth enough. We got to the airport and we kind of split off to go to our separate yeah. check-ins and had lunch. And then I assumed everything was smooth. And it was, you know, I, I do want to say that that uh, you were talking about the grade of that uh, of that hiking trail. Yeah. The the escalator oh. from Peachtree Station down to get to the Marta. Holy shit! Is that thing steep and it's super long? It's like oh, this. Really? I've seen this is the longest escalator I've ever seen it, in my life. Yeah, it, it was very long and very steep. I don't yeah. know if I've seen many others. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it's one of those things where you, you you almost feel like, oh boy, but you don't. I don't really want to hang on to the rail, but you yeah. kind of feel like doing it because it's one of those things where if you kind of tripped yourself and fell forward, oh shit, you'd be you dead. would be rolling. You'd be dead. Always. Um, 
I will say uh, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of Atlanta because I was only there for a little bit. Right. Um, the places I did see, uh, of course, a ton of homeless people. Um, it, it's it's a, it's a nice climate to. I'm sure to have, for homeless people just to hang out because they never really get any cold down there. Right. Um, so we get to the airport. We have lunch. Dave and I go our separate ways. Um, I'm waiting for my flight, and then it says it's going to be delayed. Just like the flight from Minnesota to Chicago to begin with, my flight's delayed because the flight coming in is late. So we have a little bit of a you know 15-minute delay there. And, of course, I only got an hour you know between flights in Dallas. Then we land, and once the American Airlines, this must be the shittiest plane they've got in their whole uh, fleet because we land. The pilot does a, uh, a three-jump landing where he jumps down and then back. It was the bumpiest landing I've been on in my life. And then the brakes on this plane must have been bad because every time he hit the brakes, the thing would, like, start shaking. So everybody's kind of freaking out on that. And then we get into the we, – we taxi for a bit. We get up to the terminal – then we hear the pilot going, yeah, the terminal's a little busy, so we're waiting for a spot to get in. It's going to be a little while. So I'm going, uh, I got a flight to catch here to go to Minneapolis. So we get in there, get on the flight to Minneapolis, and I'm in the eighth row. And I'm thinking, this is going to be great. I got a middle seat, but last time I had a middle seat on a flight to Minneapolis, I had the whole seat row to myself. It was great. I start walking. I look up to eight row, and I have a large uh, white woman uh sitting in the aisle next to me and i'm thinking this is going to be a terrible flight and the thing i did was you know you put the armrests up when you go in she threw the armrest up for me as soon as i sat down i put that armrest right back down because i was like i'm not playing the whole you know private space type of game with you today still she was able to slouch into my section the nice thing was i had a smaller woman next to me and she was up against the window so i was able to kind of get next to her for the flight um but uh other than that uh it was a, a crazy i haven't I mean, dave you've probably been on numerous flights kind of yes. done the same thing i've done i haven't done this i mean done connections connections and then within a two-day period do yeah. four different flights in a two-day period um and then the next day i went back to work i was at work for two days by saturday i was telling you guys before the podcast my body had pretty much shut down i was sore i couldn't think right you know i was just like i was dead because i had such a busy long week but it was uh it was still an amazing time and of course dave you had delta so you're yeah you were okay you were fine you probably didn't have to do any work yeah yeah, yeah, i I didn't do too much work but if it makes you feel any better i did have to sit economy oh i feel so bad for (laughs) you (laughs) I had a window seat. <laughs> I had a middle seat every time. What are you talking about? Don't even give me that. No, I, you know I actually like the window seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there was uh, no rest for me the rest of the week. I didn't do much work, but boy, I was busy. I had to golf and go to the golfer golf, game. Golf then you went to the st- right. Did you take the whole week? I did. Then he went to the state I fair on state Friday. Fair it was it was yeah, busy. it was great for him. I'm right. sitting at work seeing him and. Johnny texts, oh, here's the beer I'm having today at the State Fair on Friday. Yeah, yeah I did run into Johnny yeah. at the fair. That was yeah. that was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't yeah. actually expecting to see him there. Well, Jenny and was, then, uh, I think Jenny was volunteering at this bee thing. She's got a friend who's with the Department yeah, of then, Agriculture. Yeah. yeah, actually, John was with uh, True North Elite member Mark. I don't, you don't know if you met him before, but uh, yeah, they were. I probably do. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm terrible with names. Yeah. yeah Sorry. So, uh, 
again, guys, it was a it was a great trip. It was, a, it was. probably a once in a lifetime type of trip. Right. I, I have a feeling I will not be given permission to do that again. Yeah, probably not. Or at least, well, not at least for a while. Not for the week. Yeah. Not for a whole week. Right. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, assuming Minnesota makes a deep run into the MLS Cup, and if they're playing in a semi or final, we might have to make that trip. But well, depending on where it's at, of course, I won't. we've gone we've gone <laughs> on some we've gone on some Minnesota United road trips, and namely this year, Chicago and Atlanta, and they both resulted in losses. So maybe we right. shouldn't go. Perhaps That's I think point. we should probably stay at home. But we went to Madison. And they won. They so win. maybe it's Tony. I don't think it's me. He would be the uh, he would be the common denominator. There. Madison's like not a that's not it's United. A, it's a it's an affiliate. affiliate. It's, it's an affiliate. affiliate. I get it. I get it. And there was Minnesota United players on the pitch that evening. That's because well, well, whatever. So, including Mason Toy. Yes. <laughs> well, and we're gonna talk about Mason. And Toy. honestly, he jump started his career after that game. Yes, which yes. Is he good... absolutely did because of the next game after the game we saw back in May or no June. June. Yep. The next game was the U.S. Open Cup final, I believe, on the road against Houston. Or was it, it? No, or it might have been at home against... Either way. No, I think it was Houston. Yeah, I think it was no. Houston. And then he had scored... Because I made the comment, he scored the game winner for Minnesota just days after being on the pitch yeah, for yeah. Um, for, for uh, Ford Madison. Which is a great segue, because let's get into last night's game. Yeah. Now, after Tuesday night's game, we knew we had a huge game coming up last night against LAFC. And, of course, the three of us going into this match, I don't think any of us figured we were going to even have a chance. Well, no, in fact, I mean, Tony, if anybody looks at our picks. Tony, yeah. Tony had the closest prediction 2-1. I was a little bit more optimistic. Um, I like to be the optimist. And, and let's just point out, for good reason, um, LAFC yep. had not lost a game at home mm-hmm. all year. Right. In fact, they've only lost three games well, look out at, of twenty-seven. Look at their yeah. look at their Combined. fucking point differential for Pete's sake. Yeah, it was right. like I think it was forty-six going yeah. into the game or and goal it, differential. I saw somebody on Twitter. I wish I could credit them. I think his name is David. Actually, mm-hmm. um, posted that they also haven't lost by more than a goal. Yeah, in more than three times in their history. Yeah, and twice have now been to Minnesota. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, well, it's just one of those things. I, I did make a, I did, I made a joke. You know, when we were doing our predictions, and we, and I said, well, I kind of want to predict a five-one scoreline like the last time I, and I saw them in person. Of course, that was at TCF Bank last year, but uh, where that was the last game that Minnesota played LAFC, they won five to one yeah. at the bank. Now we only had four shots on goal, so five-one would not have happened. No, correct, but. It, but before we win this match, though, it, even, it was even as, as crazy to say that we were so down that, David, you were even talking about not watching the game because you had well, homework to yeah, do. Yeah, that was schoolwork, yeah. You had homework to do. And so that's how down we were on this game. Yeah. I mean, you didn't even we were thinking about, how did I get to watch it? Right. Um, so we go into this match not having very high hopes. And then we come out with this kind of weird formation that we haven't <laughs> seen. Yeah, I mean... I, I think I had texted you guys. I'm like, it looks like it's a, a three five two. Yeah, and but it actually kind of looks like it's. What did I say? A, a three, a three six one. I yeah, think is what I suggested. It was, it was yeah, based it was on the odd. based on the designations mm-hmm. on the yeah on the release. It was a three six one. Yeah. yeah. Um. So really, what that meant was we only had two attacking players. Yeah. It was it was toy and it was DQ. Yep. So we're just playing a two-man game to attack, 
and we were trying to clog up the middle, yeah. stop their offense. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't have uh, Vela. He was he's got a hand. He's issue. got a hand. He, and yep. he yeah. So that he came out. He came out of the uh, second half of the uh, El Trafico the previous weekend yeah. against LA Galaxy, and mm-hmm. it, that was kind of interesting because they did. He they going into the game, Vela was questionable mm-hmm. with what was called a minor um, hamstring issue, and uh, when Vela left that game, he was visibly upset at yeah. Bob Bradley, like he like why are you taking me off? Kind of upset. At least that's what it kind of appeared. So I thought he was, you know. Kind of questionable coming in, but but maybe and then maybe Bob Bradley went this game saying this is kind of a rest game for you because it's a home game against Minnesota. We don't possible. we don't need you. It could right. be, and I don't um, know. But man, he yeah, they definitely LAFC definitely lost a little without him in the lineup. I don't know if you had a chance. He's obviously the MLS goals goals leader scored. And I think he's yeah. assist leader too. Isn't yeah, he? goals and assists. Yeah. I think total. He's going to be the MVP but this year. I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Twitter game. That was the I think it was the game before LA Galaxy. There was a, a game they did live on Twitter. It was LAFC in San Jose. And he absolutely had an amazing goal where he's just... Oh, going, yeah, the one that he went uh, zigzag through yeah, yeah. defenders. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. it was just a shit yeah. show for... So, anyways, but <laughs> he's not there. His replacement was Brian Rodriguez, yeah. who made his first start. Their big, uh, I think, eleven and a half million dollar transfer, from- and he was the one that pretty much kicked out. Um, yeah, Ramirez. Ramirez. Big I mean, he was less, the one yeah. that kicked him out. Right. Yeah. So, I'm going well, even without Vela. It's still LAFC, mm-hmm. um, and we have a. Like you said we have a new formation. Who right. knows how that's going to work. Yeah, and, um, and like I had mentioned uh, in, in our messages back and forth, it was it, well. In fact, you said it earlier. It yeah. was totally a clog up. Mission. Yeah, exactly. Because usually, if you have a three-five-two, your wing backs are offensive oriented, so yeah. they can push forward. And usually, your entire midfield is not defensive, but they were. So you you have more than two guys. Yeah, but and it. Yeah, it was completely. We're just gonna clog the midfield. We're gonna kick it forward. Yeah. Hope to God somebody's on the end of it. Yeah. And that was and it. You, I mean, you, it was, that was a predictable. You, yeah, it was. thing you could do. You said it minutes into the game. You said, that, "Well, that, here's what they're gonna do. This is it. They're gonna try and use yeah. toys and DQ speed. Yep. And just try to get yep. get somewhere. And that's and what that's what they did. And like I said, they're playing a two man game. And I always go to different sports. I look at this as like a basketball game. Where you have a point guard and a power forward or a center playing a two man game the whole game, and that's that. And that's what they were doing with DQ and Toy. Yeah. They were having those guys set up the offense, and everybody else was pretty much, you're there to be defensive and kind of be there, but DQ and Toy, you're our offense today. Yeah. That's it. So we were all nervous, of course. I think I was yeah. I, I was I was afraid with this new uh, set you know setup and everything. Yeah. I thought we were going to get blown out yeah. of the water. Yeah, and I mean even you know the first say let's talk about the first quarter of an hour, first yeah. fifteen twenty minutes. It, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. Now, granted, <laughs> LAFC had their chances. Um, so did we because they yeah we did and you know certainly LAFC had the possession throughout mm-hmm. the game. They did in the first fifteen twenty minutes, but you know with that. With that um, three five two, and an, I like they did shift back, and you can almost go five three two at times. They the mm-hmm. back line withheld some they did. significant pressure early on. They did. And, you know, Vito Manone showed up early mm-hmm. and often in that game. Um, it was impressive. So yeah, I mean, they kind of 
weathered the storm and kept going. So I was so, kind of impressed. We 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 go into the what is it the twenty I think the twenty fifth minute twenty fifth yeah and we had some opportunities with that two man offense of yep. course uh, texting back and forth we were talking about how there wasn't any, enough guys coming up and that was going to be the issue the whole game was you're going to have two guys up front and nobody's going to be there to back you up well so, yeah I think even like the tenth minute was a big one so Mason Toy had had a ton of space and and maybe you know he didn't really have anyone to go to yeah but. Um, he finally he looked like he might have been able to shoot it, but Dave, because the goalkeeper came way out of way off his line. Yeah, I way thought out we were gonna have a. I thought we were gonna have a fight on messages. Yeah, because you you quick we were complaining about how he should have done yeah. something, and uh, you were like, "Oh, the angle was terrible. He didn't." Well, have and a I said shot. he had two defenders. Angle was terrible. He should have had more support. Yeah. And then in and that, that per- was the problem with that formation. There's no but support. yeah, in that particular case, then DQ got it, and then a bad but touch kind of gave it away. What but I was gonna say about that, David, was the however, fact that you, in that situation like that, you throw it up because strange things happen, right? Right. You got two defenders go; they can't use their hands. Right. You could get a handball. You could get two defenders going after the ball at the same time, and you could get a lot of things going on. Right. You just gotta throw it up, I think, and right. that's he waited too long to do it, and exactly. it happens. Fast and, forward to the twenty fifth minute, if you and want, and then he proved Dave right, <laughs> yeah. with his goal. He did that he can hit that that angle. He did, which was much worse than the one it he was, had before. I can't even believe he made his that shot. His speed though was clearly evident oh, prior whole, to that yeah. shot. That I mean, whole run, and honestly, I, I was started at on midfield. Bit yeah, mm-hmm. last night. That was set up from that was set up by him. It was because he he pressured the back line and mm-hmm. got the turnover and got it to I think it was Jan. Got Gregus, right? yeah, Greg, yeah, Gregus got it to Toy right at midfield, and right. then yep. Toy just sped up, sped down the field, exactly. and then wow, talk about a difficult angle. Yeah, he, and uh, yeah, for and the, he man, had the goalie in the goal too, and for the man yeah. who just got he called up to the U twenty three team. Well, yeah, he's he's trying to make a point. Is he's it any wonder? I mean, the two, of course. Let's. Well, I was going to bring that up later too, but yeah, Hassani Dotson and Mason Toy. All yeah. they're doing is scoring like highlight reel yeah. type goals. Exactly, yeah. and uh, certainly yeah. that proving they're showing up when they need to be. Exactly right. Which means they can be depended on to make a difference. Yeah, and they're scoring highlights. You can levels. still see, in my opinion, Tori. You can still tell that what is he twenty or twenty one? I think he's twenty. He's in, he's very young, but yeah. he is a bit raw. I think because there was a couple times, say even in the Atlanta game, where it's, he's not focused into the game enough. He's mm-hmm. missing some yeah. chances for runs, and, and he has a bit of a hot head. Yeah, which he does. we obviously know right. from his yeah. spitting yeah. incident. Yeah, the spitting incident. Yeah. But he. He lets his head, he lets what's going on in his head get to him a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, which is a, a clear sign of a raw talent. He reminds yeah. me of a young NBA player. Some of the rookies in the NBA who oh, come sure. out and they can score magnificent goals or, they, or buckets or whatever, but they're also hot-headed when they don't get their yeah. way because they're used to having their way all the time. Yep. But they're talented. And his, just his, his attitude on the field just reminds me of that kind of brashness of yeah. young NBA stars, you know, and I, and I like that. Yeah, you know, because while some people can tend to dislike that because it, it can come off as arrogant when you don't have a right to be arrogant, I, I think it also kind of uh, helps helps him build some confidence oh, in yeah, himself. Oh, yeah, definitely. So as, as he's going 
and he makes these goals, mm-hmm. he's going to keep trying to make those goals because mm-hmm. he knows he might hit a hot streak, and all of a sudden that's all he's doing. So, like I was saying on text, guys, after that first goal, I, I, I think the confidence level of our team just went, like, sky high. Right. I think we all were, like, going, oh, shit, we scored the first goal in L.A. Right. I, this, this could be something. But, of course, it's against LAFC, so you're always scared well, they can come okay. back. I think, yeah, the confidence, I think you're, you nailed it. I think it was sky high at that point, and, and rightfully so, because regardless of the possession or pressure, the you get that first goal, and then you actually have some confidence mm-hmm. in you know the midfield and back line to hold down the fort. And because we've seen Minnesota's had their moments where they've been spotty, they've had you know all it takes is one misplay, and you oh. concede those goals. But they held their own they for did. the majority of that game, pretty much the whole game. I and say. Uh, not more than what five minutes later. Yeah, I mean, it, te- it was inside a half hour. It's a yeah, twenty ninth minute. It's credited for um, Mason. Boy. Mason gets the brace. How do you? Outdo yourself. Well, you, he did. Well, he did. And what's worse is Major League Soccer gave him a nomination for goal of the week. Yeah. He used the first goal. Mm. The mm. second goal was way so, better. Yeah, it was, it was a stunner. Yeah, I mean, it was a stunner. Was, yeah. yeah, I mean. It's almost like they meant for him to get beat in that competition yeah. because that second goal was phenomenal. Yeah, that was amazing. Both, uh, both were from his left foot, we should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. left foot, yeah. And uh, if this was, I think this was kind of his I mean I, was, I know he was very up for this game I could tell in the beginning of this game he's very up for it I think he told him before this game started you and DQ are it you guys gotta make your you guys have to right. win this game he for was us. up for it. this is up and he came up and he rose to the challenge getting on that U23 team now of course with people MLS.com all these places going yeah. uh, maybe he should just be on the the national team I mean, maybe he's just jumped to senior yeah. level right, this is why is he on U23 the guy can exactly. play I mean, there, there's an argument there, you yeah. know, and the nice thing is about the U23 is obviously, you know, he could be called up and that doesn't mean he won't be called up to the senior team next year. Of course, year. but what that could mean for Toy and Dotson, we should say, is the U23s, well, that's critical for what what's happening next year, uh, mm-hmm. the 2020 Olympics. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. You know, how cool would that be for them to be called oh, up be for fantastic. the, I think, what is it, 23 yeah. or 4-man roster mm-hmm. uh, on the Olympic team. So let's... yeah. Let's not get up ahead of ourselves because we want to talk about this stuff after the game. Right, yeah. But um, so we go into the half up 2-0, guys. And I think we talked about it, texting back and forth, saying even up 2-0. Most games, I would be very confident with the 2-0 lead at halftime. Right. But this is LAFC. Exactly. I wasn't, I wasn't even confident in the last three minutes of this game. Yeah, I mean they can score goals in bunches, and and you, and you, David. I think you made the comment of they need to hold them scoreless until the seventieth minute. Before, yes. yeah. I mean, I remember, and I, I at that time agreed with you, but I, I think watching the game, I don't think I was comfortable until it got into uh, added time. Yeah, I wasn't even See, comfortable stoppage now. time for me. I was like, you know what? If they can hold them scoreless till seventy, yeah, they might get a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's fine. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to get two. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I for me maybe that was a little bit, um, a little bit of a overconfident statement. Yeah, maybe I should have said the 80th minute. Well, you could be um, overconfident because we're up two nil, and, and that's the thing. Like I just felt like we were defending very well. I mean, Brent Kelman was spot on. He was. Uh, Boxel was 
just as good. Ike was fantastic. I mean, even even uh, Moembe. Moembe. He was doing very well on the left. He looked great. Uh, you know, Romain was doing uh, just as well. Yeah. I, honestly, the and the, you know, let's not forget Dotson and Olam and mm-hmm. Gregus in the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just all playing very well. So, you know, when I said 70 the minute, I was I was fairly confident that that's all they needed. And Vito. Yes. Vito again, that's what we called uh, Toy and Vito our co-men of the match last night because Toy yes, he scored the two goals and right. it brought the confidence up and made this team, you know, do what they do. Exactly. But Vito Without Vito, there were some plays he made last night that... Well, yeah, there were at least two saves that yeah. were it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so he had a great game. Yeah, we sh- I should just... I-, I shouldn't do this so often, but yeah, Audi Index actually had Vito's ahead of Mason Toy, just ahead. That's not surprising. But yeah, it was obviously because of his... You know, he had some incredible saves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I-, I think this is interesting. I mentioned the, uh, the chalkboard on MLS.com. Uh, last discussion on the last game. You guys have to come around here and, and look at the screen for the passing. I think I saw the passing earlier so, today. So this is, and I'll try to do some screenshots. Uh, this is our passing Yeah. for completed passes mm-hmm. for the first half. Look at how okay. few passes there are. Yeah, there's nothing. Now, yeah. Let, me, let me wipe this out. No. Here's L.A. Good God, <laughs> man! Okay, no, so so let's uh let's go back. Let's do the second half. So there, there's our passing for the there second half. Yeah. All right, so clear this out to L.A. Jim, Look at that. Christmas. Now, so I, I was going to bring this up a little bit later, but this is the, this is a full game for L.A. Yeah, this is. Proof that one Carlos Vela is one of the best players, yeah. probably the best player in the league. Yeah. But two, they're over dependent. Yeah. Look at this; they never, never, yeah, went inside the eighteen yard. In fact, no, nope. they're probably 25, 30 yards out. Are the yellows set pieces huge. or what is this? So these yellows are key passes. Okay. So they they've ended up a shot off target or something like that. So, but look at they never went in. And they're missing that key component of Carlos Smith. What they, I they just didn't have. What I saw last night a lot. You probably saw probably too. Is they get to one side of the box and they would dribble over to the middle. Yeah. And then either try to do something or pass it back here. Exactly. There was no option to go towards goal or anything. It was always dribble, try to probe, and then go over and, and get and, back. And that's Carlos Vela. Yeah. They were missing skill. Yeah. Right yeah. There and it, and it, you know the stats. Stat-wise, uh, let's see, we had, what was it, uh, 57% passing. Yeah. They had 87%. Well, yeah, they were they were tika-talking it. Yeah, they were. And never actually trying to do anything. Yeah, they couldn't. And it, and it, so, to me, some LAFC fans are going to be like, well, we didn't have Vela. Well, and a lot of people are going to be like, just shut up. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I kind of agree with it. Because they are... To me, this game showed they're heavily reliant on Carlos Vela. Well, when that guy scores, how many goals does he have? Like, is it over twenty? He's tw- he's at twenty-seven. Twenty-seven yeah. goals, and how many assists does he have? I I can't tell you that off. But he's he's your he's your whole offense pretty yeah. much. Yeah, 
But, I mean, it was. I did have that attitude of, okay, well, they don't have Vela, but big deal. So they got their they got Brian Rodriguez in. They still have some really know, great and pieces. They got some oh, D- they have D- a phenomenal team. They do. Roster. They, they do. go up and down their entire roster and say, wow, mm-hmm. wow, wow, wow. And But, yeah, I mean, no, they... they you know, credit. Let's credit Manone who had mm-hmm. a great game. Let's credit the entire back line, yes. the center backs, and the whole defensive form was so. Vela has twenty-seven goals and uh, fifteen assists. Wow, 15. see, okay. he's MVP this year. I can well, tell you, he's, the, he's the front runner. Uh, so I, I wouldn't pick anyone else. We weathered the storm in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a storm, and it was a storm. It was and the storm kicked in about the seventy-fifth minute. Yeah, and the only thing I saw in the second half was we could tell by about the eightieth minute that Mason Toy was gassed, and oh, yeah. wasn't surprised. Uh, DQ came out early in the second half with an injury. I was concerned. Yep. You weren't. He, he yeah, I you know, thought he was grabbing his hammy, but I made the comment that he didn't seem too bothered by it. He never got up after that foul mm-hmm. that, uh, and I can't remember who fouled him. Uh, he got fouled. He sat down. He grabbed the back of his leg, mm-hmm. and it, play started. Ball got back to Vito, and then Vito kicked, kicked it out. Yeah. Um, to me, obviously, contact injuries can be bad. Yes. But usually, the non-con if it's a hamstring, usually the non-contact hamstrings are the ones that are going to be bad. Yeah. And so the way that where he was grabbing, I suppose there's a chance it could have been a knee issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the back of the knee. And obviously I'm not a physician of any kind. So take all everything I say is bullshit. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I just think the fact it was contact, you know, he he was limping. He was. So to me, a lot of times some of those really bad injuries, they actually walk off like there's nothing wrong. Yep, that's right. Because it's internal and you just don't. Yeah, it doesn't swell do up until yeah, yeah. later. Yeah. But yeah. so he had kind of, kind of an effect of there's just something there. Yeah, if it would have been non-contact, I'd be a lot more concerned. I, I think he's and, fine. But and just to clean that up, so that was in the 49th minute, and Kevin Molino actually came in. Came yeah, in, did, and, so that was an interesting sub. But. And but Molino did the exact same thing that DQ was doing. He did, yeah. And that was playing that two-man game, and also, and I know. Uh, David, we talked about uh, through text about DQ giving up the ball a lot. I right. think the deal was they were trying to get up. Kevin's job and DQ's job was to get up the side a little bit, get in a space, hold it for some seconds off the clock, get it a little farther up. Right. And you could tell that Atlanta was trying to trap him, trap him, trap him. Yep. And then it was all about holding the ball for as long as he possibly could and getting it out. Um, so they were doing a great job of that. Right. And yes, DQ did have some turnovers yeah, but i counted six you're gonna get but, that when you only have a two-man game sure. going up and and i yeah. i understood that now if he had six in a game where he was we were in a true formation like we normally play that's a problem right but in this formation it wasn't an issue for me sure yeah you know and i think his his injury unfortunately uh put us in a weird position mm-hmm. where obviously we had basically every defensive player we could have yeah already out on the, right. on the pitch but there were still players on the bench that could have been, you know, at least kind of defensive. Obviously, Miguel Ibarra's played wingback. Yeah. Um, and he's got an incredible work rate. So he would have been the obvious defensive, quote-unquote, defensive. So mm-hmm. I think Finley would have been, I mean, he's not much of a defensive guy, but he would have been more defensive than Molino. Yeah. But with when it came... You had to think offensive because there was so much time left in the game. There was. That you couldn't say, okay, we're going to buckle down. No. So he had to 
pick Molino. So then all of a sudden it's like, well, now what do you do? You have nothing. And so I was like, well, I think I even said in our text, yeah. if we hit a certain point, you might not even see a sub at all or something like no, that. No, and I think that I'm not going to speak for Adrian Heath because I don't have the bath phone like you do, David. I don't know what his thinking is. But I have a feeling that he went, when he went into the half, he talked to his team. I, I believe he said, look, guys, it's worked out for the first half. I'm sticking with as many of you as possible in the yeah. second half. You guys are going to have to tough it out exactly. and do it and just man up. And, and really the thing is, is the, the players most likely to get gassed are going to be Toy and at that time DQ. And Toy because did they're get, the guys that are running the field like constant. And Toy did get very gassed yeah. at the end. And so, you know, when we – I think we almost got into a, a message fight over that one too because I said, what was the point? Yeah. But there there was – my argument was, of course, well, he doesn't. Dunlady coming in for Toy doesn't serve any purpose at all. Of course, it doesn't. Well, no. So, well, other than the fact, I think I made this comment. Now, credit to Toy, he lasted until the ninety plus two. Well, right. Yeah, and he then, did. And, and yeah. then at that point, I said, well, at the very least, they can make a substitution to waste 30, 45 seconds. Yes, they can do which that. Which at yeah. that point, you know, unless yeah. they were. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't really let the clock run at all. I no, think he yeah. hit ninety three and ten or something like that. Yeah. So we win the game, guys, two 0 Right. Huge game. I want to talk about a little something before the game happened, just a little quick note. Did we ever figure out why Schuler and Lude were not there? Because we talked before the game. No, we're assuming it was call-up. That's it. Yeah. And their game with Finley was September 5th. They didn't directly reference that, I think, but they did. I think they. I think that's why they, that's why they weren't available. That's what okay. their reasoning was. Now, was were they already on a plane overseas? I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, you know, it's probably one of those things – I thought about it during the game. You know, Schuler. I guess you could make an argument to have because he he can be. A, sorry, there's a squirrel outside that's going bonkers. Look at the squirrel. Um, looks like he's on acid. Uh, <laughs> Is he? <laughs> and you know, Schuler. You can maybe make an argument because he's defensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for Lude, it's like well. I guess it makes sense to not have him. Yeah. You know, if, right. if Heath has this tactic that he wants to do. Sure, sure. Um, you know, Lude's not going to be useful. No. So he probably said, well, Schuler acts like a robot with his head spinning around half the time. So we don't need that. We don't want that against L.A. No, no we don't. So he, it prob- it's logical that they let yeah. those two go. So, we're, I mean, we win the game. We get three points out of the deal yeah. right and so i had made the comment i put up the twitter match day post for us yesterday and i made the comment that the kc game was really going to come and kick us in the ass mm-hmm. because that's three points we could have used and then of course you know commenter guy our buddy yes comes on and said what about these guys i'm like i'm trying to forget those games i don't want to talk about those games especially chicago i don't want to talk about right that. yeah it's a recency bias it's anyway. a recency <laughs> bias it is a recency bias and so the KC game, I was thinking that's three points we could add easy. Yep. And this was the three points we were well, at least the at least the one point. At least a point, yeah. Yeah. But and this game was I wasn't even thinking about three points. I thought maybe a chance for one point, but maybe. three points that was out of the question. I, it was fun to yeah, it's fun to play those games. Well there's after well, before last night there were seven games. Yeah, How yeah. many points do you think they'll get? Yeah, I mean any each time I ran through that little exercise in my mind of trying to figure out how much they could realistically end yeah. up with how much they should end up with. I didn't even consider points out of that game last night. No. And we, 
before this game, we were in, what, seventh place? Seventh. They started in seventh, yeah. And, of course, we have the crowded Western Conference. Yeah. Which means that if you, point, you move. You move. If you, yeah, exactly right. And after this game, we're up to what now? Third. Third, third, yeah. third place. And, and that's because Seattle had a late winner in a, in a wild. Uh, the game was on FS1 just before the Minnesota game, and Seattle pulled off a late goal to actually beat the Galaxy. So Seattle got three full points. Yeah. If, they, if that match had ended in a draw, just a few more minutes of that even scoreline, uh, Minnesota would have been in second place at this moment. But, and there would have been uh, a little bit of breathing room. A little bit. A little bit. But the Western Conference is so tight. And we, before the podcast, I, I kind of mentioned we should talk about how many more points do you guys think we need in order to not only secure ourselves a playoff spot, but also secure ourselves a, a nice second place draw, maybe a third place draw. I mean, I, I mean, I maintain we we need to be aiming for 55 points. Okay. So we're at 45, right? 45. So we need another 10. 10 points. Okay. With six games remaining. To do what you said. Yeah. 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 With six. And, and I think we come... Uh, Adrian Heath, before the LFC, LAFC game, mentioned that he believes that Minnesota would need three wins to right. have a home playoff game. Okay. Meaning finishing fourth or and better. That's- that's lost. So and then that so let's say before LAFC so that's nine points right there and then you're probably counting on a point or two from a draw. So he's th- in his mind. I think he's thinking like eleven points before sure. mm-hmm. last night. So if you take three, that still leaves eight points needed, which would get him to fifty three. Yeah, right. Is that good enough? And you know, so right now as we st- sit here, fourth place, San Jose, right behind us at forty four points. You know. Can they, you know, I think that's about right. The 53-point mark, I think right. that could do it. That's cool. Well, you know, and I, I'd like to see the strength of schedule now because obviously our strength of schedule was very high because of oh, yes. an away game at L.A. So yes. it, it, dropped and, a, it dropped a little bit. But and now that have. we just beat L.A. at L.A., you have to wonder how they're going to rate L.A. at Minnesota mm-hmm. because... To me, I, I said before we started recording, I was hoping for a point when they come here. Now, to me, I've changed. I, I say, look, we just beat them in L.A. I'm hoping for three now. I yeah. Mean, I think that's how my – I think that's a logical progression it's of very expectations. Log- it's very logical to kick somebody's ass at their own home and then bring it back to your house well, and kick their ass again. So- Okay, so right. now, now still though, in in twenty eight MLS games, LAFC has only lost four times. They've only, you know, so. and two of them are to us. So maybe no, 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 one of them in twenty eight games this year. Oh, sorry, oh, this year, yeah, yeah. LAFC has only lost four times. Well, but, so one to us. Yeah, exactly. One's to us. Maybe we're like the uh, kryptonite for LAFC. Yeah, could be. It's yeah. possible. Kind of like the Twins versus the Yankees. So, I mean, the then, yeah. real quick then, I guess, okay, then, I think it's already decided, but you look at some of these six games remaining, and, and I'll focus on the ones that are on the road, would be, well, the final game of the year will be at Seattle. That's going to that's gonna be a tough one, and, but they also have at Portland in a few weeks. So, there's mm-hmm. a couple difficult road games remaining, but then, not to mention Houston. Well, Houston really is... Houston midweek. I, and and we, we talked about the international call-ups, and uh, maybe we should... You know, roll that back in because we already mentioned Lude and Schuler, but Lude, Schuler, Jan Gregus, and Kevin Molino are all are all gone yeah. now for international right. duty. And looking at the schedules, very little, a little bit. But bottom line is, those four players 
And not to mention Mason, Toy, and Dotson, who mm -hmm. play a game on September 9th. Uh, depends on if they play, how much they play. Will they be available right. for September 11th versus mm -hmm. Houston? Because those four, you know, basically midfielders that I mentioned, their final games are either on the 8th or the 9th. They play two games, I think the 5th and 6th and the 8th and 9th. So if they, if they play a full 90 or something on that 8th or 9th, are they going to be available for the eleventh? You know, well, my it's question up in the air. My question is: Does Houston play a game this coming up weekend? They play. I believe they already played on Saturday. I mean, That's, coming up this next weekend because oh, we've we got a all. we've got a friendly. Yeah, yeah, when we have a friendly. Does Houston play a game on Saturday, Let's Friday, Saturday, see, Sunday, or do they play this week sometime? Because the question is, they're at thirty-one points. They are. I mean, they're on the outside looking in right now. Their next game is the eleventh. Yeah. So they their next game is in fact they don't even have anything so okay. they're off. Completely. But before that game even starts, they could I mean not technically be out of the playoffs, but they could be really like hurting for a playoff spot. And it, I would imagine they're probably going to lose two or three guys to call ups. Okay, because last international break I think they lost four. They did. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how aggressive um, well, is Houston going to be on the 11th? That's my question. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, standings-wise, they're out of the playoffs. I mean, I don't see them. They're at 31 points. I do not see them overtaking Sporting or Portland exactly. to get into the playoffs. They're not mathematically out, obviously. Yeah. But realistically, they could go into a bit of a no, shutdown. You yeah. know, they've already gotten rid of their manager. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things – they're kind of an they're kind of an oddball, you know. If if Dave said that he thinks eight points more yet, mm -hmm. I see one point at Houston. I see four with a win with, against Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. I see seven with a win against Sporting, and you got LAFC at home eight or ten, right there. Okay, I I, I think we can lose at Portland. We can lose at Seattle, and I would bet anything. Adrian Heath will play. As if it's dropped points with Portland. Yeah, yeah. And Portland will be all happy because they'll be like, "Oh, look, we won against you guys this year." We. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll be a serious revenge game. And we'll for say, "Okay, so who gives a shit?" Right. Yeah, because Portland. Know? I mean, they're right in the throws of this too. They're yeah. they're an eighth, you know, only out by two points, and most of their games, it's either four or five, or their remaining six are at home. So they're going to have a good chance. And on to top pop of in that, there. they're a, at least a game back. Of everybody, they have mm, a game yeah. in hand mm, on everyone. Hand, yeah, um, good point. Plus, they have two games in hand on FC Dallas, mm -hmm. who's three points ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dallas is screwed, in my opinion. Yeah, they are. I, I think that they're they're in trouble when so, it comes to playoffs. So is the Galaxy, I think too. I think the Galaxy are on a tailspin. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're sporting, sitting in about the same spot they were last year. You know, yeah, I think yeah. going into Decision Day last yeah. year, LA Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they finished. Did they not finish with? They finished just outside. Yeah, yeah, just outside, did. yeah. Um, you know, and Sporting's at 37. So, yeah. I'm, you know, Sporting's going to be a tough match at home. They're, mm -hmm. they're going to be because they're in the they're, – They're there. They're right there. And especially with SC Dallas, um, actually they have a game in hand over SC Dallas too. So, oh. three points against us at Allianz Field is going to be big yes. for Sporting. You, yeah, I mean, you're, you nailed it. Sporting Kansas City, I mean, if you talk about teams that are trending up – 
That would be mm-hmm. Sporting Kansas City with yep. three, I think, three wins in a row, including you know beating yeah. Minnesota yeah. United. I, this is going to be a, the, the wild, wild west. Guys. Oh, it's I mean, be this crazy. is going to be crazy. Yeah. We're coming down to decision day, and it's going to be flipping nuts. It, it just it looks better now. Uh, now that we're sitting with forty five points, as opposed to you know a loss that we were all kind of expecting. Uh, granted, the, Minnesota still would have been in that seventh spot after that loss, but they would have been sitting there with their forty two points. You know, now you're kind of fighting for a playoff well, spot. At least now we're ha- still having the conversation of that home. And, and think about this. You know, the the tiebreaker, first tiebreaker is wins. So you have Seattle, Minnesota, San Jose, Salt Lake, and L.A. all have 13 wins. So that yeah. was a big win last night just mm-hmm. to kind of keep pace with that first mm-hmm. tiebreaker. And what's even worse is <laughs> FC Dallas and Portland have 12. So, yeah. I mean, it's like... Right now, it is goal difference. So, Minnesota with a nine-goal difference. Yes. That is massive. It's huge. Yeah. So, the fact we got two goals, not only that we got the win last night, but the fact that we had a shutout. Shutout, yep. That's, that was big for and our I, playoff chances. I don't want to beat it at dead horse, guys, but even looking at the standings right now, looking at that KC loss, makes it even... I mean, it's better that we won last night. But if we had right. won against KC and won last night, KC well, would pretty much be out of the playoffs. Yeah. And now look at all the teams that are pretty much vying for these last six spots here. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I well, I'm, ex- I'm excited, yeah, but there's, there's, it's also very concerning for me. There's, yeah. and, and I mean, kind of we went around, we went about this in an indirect way, but basically, realistically, we we are saying that there's nine teams. Vying mm-hmm. for seven spots, yeah. and David, I think you made the case for, or we made the case for both Portland and Sporting Kansas City to have a real good shot at climbing up into the playoffs oh, yeah. at they expense do. of a team like Dallas or LA or yeah, and or, Dallas is most certainly the the one that should be the most worried yeah. because mm-hmm. they have that that extra game, game played already. Game, yeah, yep. and yeah. I, you know, I'd be curious to know why they've. It's already September, and they have an extra game played. Well, they've had two. Or earlier this year was two. Vancouver's Vancouver's got two extra game in hands on everybody. They played thirty. Oh games. yeah, they've done thirty already, and they're eliminated, so they don't, it doesn't give a yeah. shit. They don't give a shit. But um, but you know that that hurts when yeah. you play extra games early in the season. Oh yeah, and all of a sudden you have teams below you mm-hmm. with that, those games in hand. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a pleasant sight to, sight to see when you're looking at standings. So. Um, yeah, let's. I mean, this is going to be a bit. We're going to be talking about the playoffs for the next couple of weeks, guys. Next couple of podcasts is all going to be playoff talk and what happened and how things are going. Our next game we have is is a is a uh, it's a friendly. Yeah, it's Pachuca, Yeah, yeah. We should. Uh, you know, I think they're going to. I wonder if they're going to rotate that game a little bit. Maybe not put their best lineup out. I that one. I would hope so. I would. <laughs> just, bet. I say that kind of tongue in cheek. Of course, Chacon's going to play. <laughs> Yeah, I would bet Chacon starts. Yeah. I would bet, um, uh, what's his name? Who's at Madison? Oh, Manley, Carter Manley, possibly. Uh, uh, not, well, him, but, uh, what's the. Uh, he's, from, he's from Africa. Oh, oh the Ingazi. Yeah, now, he actually got called. We we're talking about international call ups earlier. He actually was called, called up. up to Tasmania. Yeah, he was. I hope I got that right. But he, yeah. bottom line is. And Gazi actually got called up for well, national duty as even, well. He wouldn't even be available. No, he won't be. So I would say that in this friendly, St. Clair is going to start in goal, I would think. Oh, I would think so. Um, and I would think that everybody, all the young guys, 
starting, who are not like in the starting yeah. rotation. I mean, maybe. it'll be, you know, Colin Martin will start. Um, who else is there? You know, Chacon will probably start. Uh, Wait, will so, um, start. Omsberg and Manley. And Unfortunately, I'm going to say not, Miguel is going to start, and this will be his. I would probably bet part of his farewell tour. I have a feeling. It, it, I. Yeah, you know, it's a little early yet, but I'm not too confident he'll be here. I, I'm not either. He'll be unprotected in the mm-hmm. in the expansion draft, and he'll probably go in that, quite yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, before we kind of take off, guys, I just want to say, uh, after Mason Toy's thing last night, I look at this team and I go, man, we are young and we are talented now. I, mean, I agree. Even though we brought in some older players during the off season, uh, the uh, the uh, Ikeparas, the uh, Aussies, I look at Toys, twenty years old. I look at Dotson. I look at Gasper. Uh, I look at Hal's Yeah, Yon. Yon's only twenty seven. I think. Yeah, Hal's I look at Saint Clair, who's uh, of course he's Vito's. Holding his own right now, but I look at St. Clair. You had a 19-year-old uh, Chacon. On yeah, you got Chacon. Chacon I, and I look at these guys and I go, God, we are growing. Yeah. And in, in these fact, young guys. Gazi's, what, 18, 19? Well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he'll be available next year. Yeah. So. And then you look at, yeah, so you look at the moves that they made and, and how key has players like the older guys, Parra and Alonzo, been. They've been extremely important for the success of this team. But you almost kind of look at those guys as transitional guys. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Building our team of the future. Yeah, you know, I, I think, and obviously we'll have an episode about this by the end of the mm-hmm. season. Um, you know, I see Boxel's probably got one more year. Yeah. Um, Angelo will probably be gone after next year. Yeah. Uh, Darwin may not make it to next year. I, um, you've got Ozzy will probably be here mm-hmm. for one more year. Um, Ike will probably be here for one more year. I mean, they'll probably end up retiring when they leave us. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Hey, look, how old is uh, Romain? Is he? He's thir- twenty nine. I think twenty nine. He's yeah, he'll oh, be he's up there. Yeah. Uh, but I look at it and I go, this is a young, and it's not just young guys. They're all talented players. Yeah. Which is crazy because sometimes you get a bunch of young guys in. And maybe one's very talented, and the rest of them are just kind of like, eh, we're looking at them and what? Right. No, no, no. There are at least three guys on this team right now, between you know the Toy and the Gasper and uh, the Dotson, who are talented guys who can start in MLS right now. Right. And they're under the age of twenty-two. Yeah, I, I keep banging the drum, but I mean, how, I'm just stunned, really, because you know, Toy was a bit of a question mark coming into this year. Big question um, mark, even though he had only had a year with us. But yeah, uh, I just I'll, that the super draft. I mean, I was That's almost crazy. throwing it. I was kind of, you know, talk. What's the word? I was kind of like downplaying the significance of the. Draft. But everybody, well, I, everybody I does. Draft. I, but I still. But how big has that been yeah. for this team? But in MLS, I think a lot of teams downplay the super draft. I don't think you get a lot of talent. You get out very of, little very talent, talent out of it. And yeah. the fact that we potentially got three talented players out of last year's super draft. I mean, our scouting personnel. Did a spot on job. This well, year it raises. Well, you know, and, and, it's, and the thing is, is you still got you still got players like uh, Carter Manley who haven't panned out yet. But there's mm-hmm. there's a chance yeah. now. However, yeah. 
the expansion draft this offseason makes things really crazy. It because does. Manley's obviously not going to be protected, so no, he may not. be gone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you have to consider the fact that even even Den Lottie, who also probably won't be protected in the expansion draft. No way. Um, there's still a chance mm-hmm. that he could turn it around. He's still very young. He could. You well, know, and the he, super draft. And he may not be protected, but that's no guarantee that he'll be gone. Well, because right, no. they're, you know, they only get a handful of players. Exactly. But. I mean, I... I I mean, this is quick talk. We'll talk about this when the season's over and yeah. going to next season. But I'm very excited about the young players on this team. Yeah. I, I, I Seeing Toy come up yesterday just kind of put the exclamation point on him this year for me. Uh, seeing what he did yesterday was like, well, and his, he's the man. And, and his run kind of in, in the US, up, U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, exactly. I mean, credit. And his, his little shimmies after goals. His little, you know, that, that the, thing. The I, Maracas. I, I do love that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So, uh, you guys have anything else you want to well, talk just, about? Yeah, quick hitter. I mean, just going back to Pachuga, not that I, we want to talk about the friendly too much, but I wonder, I have not been following Pachuga at all. I mean, but not too surprisingly, yeah, no but idea. I wonder <laughs> if we'll see our old buddy Romario Ibarra. Oh, that's right. Uh, he is playing for them, so. Yeah, oh, that, but that now would... he's probably called up. Oh, mm. good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Romario. I yeah, because totally... he had call-ups with us. I totally forgot about Romario. That and the other thing going on going on at uh, Allianz Field this week, Tuesday, I believe, is the uh, U.S. Women's National. That's right. They will be there. Or making yep. a, um, which will be, I mean, I think it's uh, sold out, I believe. Yeah, I, I've checked prices. They are not cheap. Let's Tickets, yeah, way. they I, are. I'd like to go, yeah. to be honest with you, um, but it's we'll see. Secondary market was, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to that. I I'm, I think I think uh, they have some key injuries. It, it sounds like uh, Alex Morgan and Rose Lavelle are and Rapino are all potentially out because mm-hmm. of a couple of concussion protocols, and uh, I can't remember the third. But there's a few key injuries. Although that team is so deep, like they mentioned they're, last they're, night, they're right? like thirty uh, members deep. I swear. Yeah, it's like they got everybody on that team. Yeah. Um, before we go, I want to mention that. Um, for my for one of our biggest fans, Tom, the uh, Minnesota Twins did break the all time record yeah. for home runs by a team in a season. Mitch Garver hit a home run the other day, even though they lost. Uh, so the Boomba Squad is now the record holder for home runs in a season. Yeah, um, and the Twins have been on a little bit of a roll lately, and uh, they're obviously gearing up for the playoffs. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, I'm. Again, I'm I'm into soccer, but I'm very much into the Minnesota Twins, so I'm excited to see both of our teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah, it could be a fun October. It could be a could be an expensive October, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I could be going to a lot of games in October. Let me tell you, uh, David, you got anything you want to say? I got nothing. All right, so let's go to our little uh, stuff here. I want to say thanks to our sponsor. Roughneck Scarves, official scarf sponsor in MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Again, for myself, Tony, uh, and for Dave and David, uh, we'll talk to you guys in, uh, what, two weeks? A couple weeks, yeah. yeah See ya. Giddy up.
At JCPenney, we know you miss us, and we miss you. So, what if we said we had a store that's open all day, every day? We do. It's jcp.com or the JCPenney app. Need a swimsuit? We've got them. Something new and cute for summer? Look no further. Exclusive JCPenney brands plus your favorite national brands? Yes and yes. Check our site for the latest coupons. And when you spend $49 or more, standard shipping is free. JCPenney. Exclusions apply. See jcp.com for details. At JCPenney, we know you miss us, and we miss you. So, what if we said we had a store that's open all day, every day? We do. It's jcp.com or the JCPenney app. Need a swimsuit? We've got them. Something new and cute for summer? Look no further. Exclusive JCPenney brands plus your favorite national brands? Yes and yes. Check our site for the latest coupons. And when you spend $49 or more, standard shipping is free. JCPenney. Exclusions apply. See jcp.com for details.